This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast could be sponsored by you, the listener, by heading on over to patreon.com slash Chase Thomas Writer. There you can become a patron and support the show as I continue to grow, keep the website up to date, um, keep you informed with everything that I'm doing right now, and uh, eventually get a facelift for the website. Um, every little bit helps, helps keep the lights on, all that good stuff. So again, just head on over to patreon.com slash Chase Thomas Writer and uh, become a patron today. Um, also check out chasethomaspodcast.com. It's uh, my site where you can learn a little about me, uh, get a, a direct link to every single episode, um, all that good stuff. You can also read all of my work. I'm basically writing there every day. Um, the schedule that I have right now for, uh, my writing on the site is on Sundays. I'm doing an ATL sports column, um, kind of traditional in that sense, depending on what's going on in Atlanta sports that week on Mondays. I am doing a 30 things on the NBA um, that I'm excited about because the NBA is coming back soon. Uh, Tuesdays, I'm doing a Monday Night Raw recap and review. Uh, Wednesday, I am doing a SmackDown Live uh, review. On Thursdays, I am doing a Throwback Thursday. So I'll watch a game because I like watching old highlights. I like watching like 1998 Minnesota Vikings versus like the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving, things like that, where Randy Moss went off. Um, so I'm going back, watching old games, uh, and I will be writing about them as if they are happened right now and all that good stuff. On Fridays, I'm doing a nobody asked mailbag where I uh, just I have a lot of questions and a lot of thoughts on sports, and I can turn them into questions, and uh, I'm going to write about them in a nobody asked mailbag. So you can find that on Fridays. On Saturdays, it's, um, it's just a Saturday morning thought, so things I, would, I thought about during the week. That I just want to write about and uh, mixed in with all of that, uh, just other kinds of articles like when I wrote about Bruno Caboclo and why it's interesting that the Houston Rockets are taking a chance on it more. Jimmy Butler and his rumored flirtation with uh, the Lakers and why um, he might be a better fit for uh, Kawhi Leonard instead of LeBron James and uh, all that good stuff. So uh, other articles um, spread out throughout the week all that good stuff, but you can find all of that by going to chase Uh, don't forget. There's a lot of ways you can listen. Spotify is a popular one now, so you can find the chase Thomas podcast on Apple podcasts, Stitcher, um, Google play, uh, everything else that you could possibly think of, uh, cast box, um, just uh, all kinds of great stuff. So Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, of course, uh, but yeah, just search Chase Thomas Podcast. You can find it. And if you are an Apple Podcast listener, uh, it'd be great if you could leave the show a reading and a review. Um, it's just, it's important uh, with the way iTunes works. So it'll help other people find the show, help the show continue to grow. Um, so that'd be great. So if you, uh, if you are an uh, Apple Podcast listener, it would be great if you could leave a rating and a review uh, for the show. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Chase double underscore Thomas. 
and uh, like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Chase Thomas Writer. All right, Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas Podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I, hate, I already hate it. I hate it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast, Monday Night Edition. Jordan DeArmond is here. It's weird for me to say that out loud. We're recording. This is happening. Jordan is someone I've known for over a decade, maybe a decade and a half, maybe 20 years. I don't know. How old are we, Jordan? Because our 10-year high school reunion is coming up. So um, I believe we're about 40, basically. I, you know, I always tell somebody I'm like really close to 30. I don't even like giving out my real age anymore because that's how scared I am. But yeah, it's been, I feel like we've known each other for probably close to two decades. Yeah. And it's it's pretty. Is that scary or is that a good thing? Can you I don't really know at this being point. Someone who we like because there are people who are going to listen to this on Facebook that we have not talking to in. Did I say talking to? Not talked to <laughs> in fifteen years, maybe like maybe a little bit less. And they're going to hear this, and they're going to know like it's me and it's you, and they're just going to be like, "How did this happen? What is?" What, Am I in a different universe? Like what year is time this? warped? What? It is time warped. But you know what? I think that, you know, we caught up a little bit before we started this and I feel like we're pretty much both the same. So that's like <laughs> a refreshing for people. You yeah. know, you don't have to go decade. You can go a decade without talking to somebody. Mm-hmm. And yet you still it's feel normal. like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, there was that awkward pause like we had to start off. Like we were both just not <laughs> sure what to say to each other for a good three and a half minutes when I first called you on Skype. And then well, um, finally, that might've been because yeah. that might've been because I didn't know how to use Skype. That could have been possible. That's yet very too. possible. You're just, you're not tech savvy enough, Jordan. It's one of my uh, weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Everybody has them. Yeah. But you know what? It doesn't matter, Jordan, because I'm here to help you in that regard because we picked the same weird career path and um, we you're in radio. I'm doing the podcast stuff, the writing stuff. We're, we're, we're just, we're trying in this world. You got to fake it till you make it, baby. That's my motto. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I hope Clint Woodfin's listening to this. Coach Woodfin, I hope you are. <laughs> oh my gosh. Don't get me all hot and bothered. I'm oh, just is kidding. Is that still a thing? No, it's not still a thing. I mean, the man's I've married. moved He's on like a to- 10-year-old. It's I know I've moved on, on to like and he's like a head bigger and better now. things. Yeah. Oh, is he? Is nice. He What's he... up, Coach Wolfen? <laughs> I'm friends with him on Facebook, so there is a very strong possibility that he does hear this. He's going to see the name and he's gonna be like, "There's no way that's true," and he's like, "That's there must be another Jordan DeArmond on the Chase on his podcast," but that would not be the case. You know, I feel like there may not be another Jordan DeArmond in the world, but I could be wrong. Okay. Now the ego is coming out. <laughs> There's not another Jordan DeArmond. I'm sure there no, is. No, I mean Jordan. a legitimate Jordan DeArmond, you know? Yeah. I mean, you're the only one I know. You are the only Jordan DeArmond that I know personally. Well, see, there you go. And you're That's one of the one people step closer to- on this podcast that I know personally. Well, I've got, I'm like two for two in that sense. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot to live up to at this point, but... Wow. Um, I think that's enough for the introduction, right? Like the people that already know who both of us are back home, they, uh, they're, uh, they're getting adjusted to listening to <laughs> two of us talk in 2018 that's, over. That's probably kind. Yeah. I mean, we even interned at the same radio station. Shout out we to did. Carlos we have, and Chuck and Turner yeah. and everybody there, um, which was even like half a decade ago, maybe more. It's um, crazy. Yeah. But, uh, I had Carlos on the podcast a couple months ago. Um, it's good to have those guys back. I had Nick Cellini on a couple weeks ago. Um, but yeah, it's uh, those are those are good people. So 
um yeah it's just it's funny how just intertwined our careers are to this point um but jordan you and i big college football people we grew up around it it uh is something it's second to park view football as both of us can attest to it's just part view forever yes um park view Lounge forever. Last week. did you know that I realized that they, well, you know, of course, like the time that we were in high school, it sort of fell off, Mm -hmm. you know, from being national champions from when we were in middle school and then uh, it all came crashing down. But I know that they've returned to dominance these past couple of years. I did see that they beat Lowndes, which is one of the biggest rivals in Parkview's history. So Mm. what a win there. I know. I think the quarterback play got elevated. I did not get to see the oh oh oh, you got, oh, oh shot right there. It took a little second to get it chased, but yes, I would have to agree with you on that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> inside baseball for high school memories. It's good that we moved on. It's oh God, yeah. did we ever? <laughs> that was important. I never thought I would ever be able to make that kind of joke on this podcast. Oh, but, yeah. I, but I'm I'm happy it happened. <laughs> But anyway, so we're going to see how this works. We're going to see how tonight goes. But ultimately, I think there is a way for this college football season for the two of us to have this kind of conversation about like what just happened in that like there's always crazy stuff that happens on Saturdays. Like that's what we love about college football is like not the previews. It's more of like you're checking your phone and you're watching game day and you're seeing certain things and you're just like, wait, that score can't be right. Like you're seeing uh, (laughs) UConn down 73 to nine to like Boise. And you're just like, that, that can't be, that can't be a real score or Kentucky beating Florida. Like you're just like, ah, that, that can't be right. Um, Those are the things that you like about it. It's just, you never know. And it's just the reaction. It's just being on Twitter for when crazy stuff happens all the time. Like the Liberty punter just going in at a dude, like a torpedo and getting ejected. Oh my gosh. That hit was insane. (laughs) I loved it though. It was, it was great. No, I mean, that's, that's what I live for. I mean, like you said, that's what you love about college football. That's what I literally live for. You never know what the outcomes are going to be. I mean, you mentioned Kentucky, 31, 31 consecutive losses to Florida. I mean, that, that is three decades worth of losing. And yet they've been close the past couple of years. It's Mm -hmm. always been a great game, but that's, you know, case in point, like you did not think that that was going to happen, especially Dan Mullen's first loss down, down in the swamp. Mm -hmm. And it happened. And that's like case in point, why I love college football. And then, I mean, you had Texas A&M Clemson, that game, I'm still just trying to figure out what exactly happened and should that have been a touchback in the end zone? It's a weird, you know, role. like we've seen that all <laughs> I hate I it. Don't, I, I don't think it's fair that if you do fumble into the end zone, it's a, like it shouldn't be. I, I'm okay with a touchback. Go back to the 20, but the idea of you like losing possession because you fumbled into the end zone, I, I don't I, like that. I don't see how that makes any sense. I, I well, I mean, it completely changed that game, right? You know, and I mean, as maybe it should, because you've got to have ball control when you're getting towards the goal line. And to Clemson's point, they went after the ball. That's what they knew they had to do, and that's what they got done. They knocked it out, you know. But I, I just hate that rule. But that's college football, you know, and that's why I feel like there's so much emotion into every single week, and especially now with with the playoffs, every single game matters. Every single game. And that's, I mean, that's just, oh God, it's the most wonderful time of year. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's great. Having my weekends back of things to do outside of watching like baseball and I I love baseball, but 
I don't like it being the only thing. It's one of those things where it's just an added plus where it's like, oh, there's right. not a good football game on right now. Now I can put on this baseball game. It's one. Of, it should never be like priority number one in your life. Yeah, I know. And that's why. But but you know what? This is a whole different type of discussion. But I but I feel like if there was a little bit more importance on baseball games, just singularity baseball game, like night by night, I feel like it would be a little bit more like that. But I agree with you. I mean, it's more of just like for your viewing pleasure. You know, you tune into one show, you tune back to see which inning they're in and who's on the mound um, and to make sure you're still winning, of course. But I've got I've had some pretty good baseball up here in Chicago with the Cubs recently. But, but do you, it's really hard. I mean, Javier Baez, he's great. I mean, the Cubs bullpen's a mess, but they're, I mean, Cole Hamill's been really good for them. I, this is not a baseball podcast tonight, but I do, <laughs> I just, the whole baseball thing is like, I, I enjoy baseball, but it's one of those sports where you don't have to be watching the whole time. And Kevin no, Cole, exactly. Ringer, yeah. made a great joke about this. And like, I don't know if you saw that, like, uh, yesterday the Dolphins Titans game got kept getting suspended. It was like seven a hours, right? Yeah. And he was like, it, it still ended up being the average length of a major league baseball game. And Stop. It was that was funny, and then someone like, it is, below but it's was true. Like, so it was like a normal Padres versus Mets game, <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, this is the problem with baseball. You can't beat that because these long NFL games were all like, yeah. oh, this is crazy, seven hours. Like, I don't want to watch baseball for four hours. Like, it's just the pace right. of play matters. But if you go to those minor league games, they're a blast. Like, I love the pitch clock. Like, that 25-second oh, shot clock, yeah. it's great. Uh-huh. No, it was it. good. No, I, I got to see some, and I, this will be the last thing I say about some baseball. But, you know, when I was in Jacksonville, I got to see some minor league baseball. And to me, perfectly honest, like, that was, like you said, a little bit more exciting down yep. there just because it was quicker pace. Um, I actually got to see Dancy Swanson when he was, mm. uh, yeah. So it was actually, um, when the Braves were down there, but you know, it was, it was exciting. It was a little bit quicker and football is supposed to be quick, fast paced constantly. You're, I mean, you're watching every play. And like you said, that's the difference in baseball. You don't have to do that, but that's the beauty of football. Um, and there was a lot of watching this past weekend. I wish I had six TVs to do so because there was no way I could, I, I feel like I pretty much got like my, my finger was like paralyzed by the end of it, switching back and forth. So I'm one of those people that watches one game at a time and I just pick. So I like, I'm a planner. Like I have all these Excel docs and I'd like look to see like what I need to see. And then what I can't watch live, I'll there's, there are avenues that I can't talk about while we're recording that you can watch like a you can get the full gist of a game without sitting there and watching the entirety of it like i didn't need to watch arizona state michigan state from uh first quarter to fourth quarter there are ways right. to get around it and like oh manny wilkins and uh the really good wide receiver Nikhil carry like they went off in the fourth and they won and michigan state had a terrible offensive game great um i don't need to sit there and spend three hours of my life doing that um no. so you have to be you have to prioritize but i also don't think you get a good um, understanding of how a game went if you jump in and out like I hate red zone like I think I'm the only person in America that I, hates the red zone channel no I, I don't I, I don't like red zone either because you're you're not seeing I mean the, the whole point of seeing how the drive occurred and yeah. you're not really seeing that you're just seeing <laughs> yeah. all right well um, we're a few yards out of the end zone well how did that happen you know did it was it a defensive turnover you know so you might think I, I agree with the you. best team in football this year based on red zone like you just just because yeah. they have pat mahomes and that's doing crazy cool stuff. i mean that's cool but yeah. like it's just not telling the whole story and i just um yeah i'm right there with you in that i just i'm i'm out i'd rather just pick us like unfortunately there's just not enough time in the day to watch everything but there's ways to get a full sense of everything um while also just picking the best ones to watch moment to moment but um 
So what is your first from this past weekend? What is in Thursday counts? Because I know you were you were all in on TCU SMU on Thursday night, Jordan. I know you oh, were from the start. Like you were like, I need I, to get my preview in for Ohio State TCU next week. So I'm going to sit here and watch Sunny Dykes and the Southern Methodist University uh, Mustangs, I want to say is what they are. Uh, yeah, they're the Mustangs. That they are. Yeah, I was uh, I was not as much tuned in on that game, no? but okay. as a, a as for Sean you, fan. <laughs> I just I just am not I'm just not a huge fan of Thursday night football. To be perfectly honest, it just really interacts with the NFL and I'm not really an NFL fan over college football, but I just felt like, you know, I knew TCU going into that game. I knew the type of offense that they can create um, in that system. And they were a little bit slow to get off. You know, of course they scored in the last, I think it was three quarters. I don't think they put up any points in the first quarter. No, they did not. So they were trailing and they came back. It was a little bit slow of a start, but um, yeah, they're playing Ohio state this week. Right. Right. Yes, That's right. Are. Yeah. The so I, I no think Urban Meyer game. God, don't even get me started on that. Mm, um, yeah, another I, but <laughs> yeah, another podcast. That's an entire another yeah. podcast. But TCU, I mean, like it, they've always been offense is their thing, and if they can score offensively against Ohio State, they're gonna they're gonna have the ability to maybe stay in the game. But the way that Ohio State right now has been putting up points, and I know we're sort of previewing into next week, but Ohio State they scored what seventy seven against Oregon State, I mm-hmm. think. And then they put up another 50 this past week. And offensively, they're two guys that they've got uh, behind center are just pretty much unstoppable. Tate Mark's and, like 10 for 10 or 14 for 14, and he's the backup. <sighs> and it's just, they, he even had eight carries for 95 yards and a touchdown. Dwayne Haskins is, so Dwayne Haskins. Gripe, he's so good. And it's like, why were they not playing him last year over JT Barrett? And it was like, well, JT Barrett yeah. had these stats just because he was around for a long time. It was like, just because he was like a fifth year senior and just been there for years. Like he kept accumulating these garbage, uh, misleading stats because he just stayed around a very good program. When you're playing for a top five program for four years, you're going to have a lot of wins and it's going to seem like you're a lot better than you are. But if JT Barrett played at like Kentucky, I don't think he'd be like, oh, yeah, this is he's not very good. Like, we, what are we doing well, here? I was not a well, there's a reason. Guy. Yeah, well, I wasn't either. I mean, look, I I don't really think he's not really going to be that much of an NFL presence as any, you know, at anything. No, I'm pretty sure because they and they because the Saints got Teddy Bridgewater, too. Mm-hmm. So there's no way he's probably still on the roster. Yeah. But but regardless, I mean, it's. Dwayne Haskins, when he came in, he was compared to Deshaun Watson. That was the type of player that he was compared to. (laughs) No, um, no. You'll take it. Yeah. So I really, and I mean, to be perfectly honest, I didn't even realize this kid was like on the roster. I had no idea that this kid was like going to be something as good as he is. I mean, he puts the ball in his receiver's hands and he's got really good decision-making skills. And then of course, like you said, Tate Martell is just, I mean, he's, he's an incredible athlete. Although I do not like him on QB one, he is a good athlete and I'll give him that. Yeah. It's um, one of those things where like, I realized that my emotions got, uh, got in the way for my preseason playoff picks because my head was just like, I don't know how Ohio State, like, I think they were number one in S&P Plus, uh, Bill Connolly's projections on SB Nation uh, heading into the season. And I was like, I just, the urban stuff, it's just, do teams, re- can they really overcome this kind of dark cloud hovering everything? Like, they're gonna I was hoping not. And then you watch them and you're like, oh, it doesn't matter. Like, when you have this much talent, like, it, <laughs> it doesn't matter. 
I literally was shaking my head because I really, I mean, that's just, like I said, it's for another podcast, but I really just didn't know how much Ryan Day was going to be able to come in and, and, and do what he could do with this team because they did lose a lot of people from last year. I mean, Ohio state does that every year. They put kids into the NFL and you have to always, it's always the next man up. Mm -hmm. So I always, you know, in the back of my mind, can they do it? Especially with with Grayson Lambert under center. God, don't know. No, absolutely not. Can I tell you how much I miss Brian Schottenheimer and Grayson Lambert at UGA? Yeah, I'm sure you. I'm I'm sure you miss both of them. But guess what, baby? I miss those stats. Like nine for thirteen for five point six yards per attempt. That's like that's so much. That's like our third string quarterback now. And I think that was like Michael Bennett's like seventeenth year there. Um, God, yeah, Michael Bennett. Mm. Oh my he God. was a great wide receiver for Georgia. Mm-hmm. Definitely drops the balls, though. He was there for a good 15 years minimum. Yeah. Um, but I think the Ohio State stuff, and the reason I brought them up first is I just feel like they're already on a collision course. We're in week, we just finished week two, and it already feels like they're on a collision course with Alabama because Alabama scored 50 points back to back weeks for the first time since 1929. And Saban can win with, like, Blake Simmons, Blake Sims came into Alabama as a running back. And they still, yeah. Lane Kiffin turned him into somebody who got them to the national title game or the playoff game. And obviously didn't win with Sims, but they've won with nothing. Like they can win with below average starters at quarterback well, well, year in, year out. And now they have a superstar under center. And it's yeah. just, it's not really fair. And I'm like, oh, what are we doing here? This is done. Like two is too good. No, two is, two is incredible. And, and what you said, it, they've literally only had, I would consider them mediocre quarterbacks. I mean, people say Greg McElroy, he won a national championship, but like, I don't really consider him. I mean, he's not in the NFL, right. you know? And so Tua is that type of guy where you say he will be on an NFL roster. And, and that's something that's for sure. And they, I've never seen an an Alabama offense that has been more capable of scoring points on any defense than this one. And I saw it firsthand as I'm a Georgia fan in the national championship game when he came in halftime and literally ruined my hopes and dreams. Yeah. But I mean, so you have Justin Fields, you have, you have guys. No, no, we have guys, but trolling my brother, who's a gigantic Georgia fan about the whole Fields thing, but I'm also kind of serious in that I don't think he's there after next year because I think Fromm is still just too good for him to lose the job in the next two years. And if you're Fields, do you really want to wait around and only do one collegiate season before you try and go pro? Like, uh, this is the problem you run into when you have too many. Like, it's really hard to juggle two great quarterbacks, but it's also like the difference at Clemson is that Kelly Bryant's gone this year no matter what. So Trevor Lawrence is getting the reins, and you have others. Like Fromm can literally still be there for two more years. He he can, but I feel like Justin Fields is the type of guy that wants the competition and coaching. And you look at it, it now. I know running back's a different position, but you see some of these guys going to schools with multiple backs. And some people would say, you know, fight the fight. That say, why would you want to go to a school where there's like three or four or five star running backs? Well, you get I less touches. You're gonna be yeah. you're gonna be yeah, but you're gonna be fresher when you go in the NFL. True sort of, you know, I mean, look at Mitchell Trubisky. Granted, he just lost a heartbreaker last mm-hmm. night and looked sort of terrible in the last fourth, fourth quarter, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, but he played one year at North Carolina, mm-hmm. one year, uh, you know, as the starter. I mean, you know, so 
I don't see Justin Fields necessarily just picking up and hopping and moving on because, you know, he was a Penn State commit. He had the opportunity to go to a different school. He he decided to go to Georgia. He's just really hard-nosed into competition and what makes him better. And if you are with some of the best coaches in the nation that are putting kids time and time again, I think Georgia had the most first-round recruits in the school's history. If mm-hmm. uh, Knock on wood if I'm wrong. I don't know why I just said knock on wood, but you know, if I'm wrong, <laughs> I'm wrong. But they had a lot of first round recruits last, last year mm-hmm. in the draft. And that's just going to keep happening and happening. It's because they're developing players. You don't have to play all four years. Yes, that, that might be nice, but if you want to have a long NFL career, you can do that there. So as much as I say, yeah, he may be able to get up and leave Next year, I, I don't see him doing it because um, he's got a system down. You know, you're not going to have to worry about classes transferring. You can even maybe get a degree at Georgia while you're there. Yeah. Which is not a bad thing as well. Yeah. How late into the Texas A&M Clemson game did it get for you before you're like, oh, Jimbo might actually do this? I, I mean, I was sort of believing. I, I don't know. From the very beginning, College Station is a very hard place to play. Yeah. And I'm not saying that Clemson is overrated because they've got one of the best defensive lines. I mean, if not the best defensive line in college football. Um, and then Kelly, between, you know, Kelly Bryant is is an incredible quarterback. And then they've got Trevor Lawrence. Talk about another big kid that's coming up. Um, but, you know, I, I think that they just weren't a complete team. And, and it worries me with the strength of schedule. I didn't know how much they were like looking ahead to this game, which as much, you know, looking over a small opponent might be okay. But even like just anticipating the game can sometimes mess you up. I mean, I, I, I thought about like Georgia, Alabama a couple years ago during the blackout. That was a very big game. And for Clemson, this was probably the biggest game on their schedule out of the entire year, minus the South Carolina matchup at the end. And so I really, from the very beginning, thought that Texas A&M was going to have a chance just because Jimbo Fisher does not, you know, does not really crumble in, in big games. Um, and, and it was impressive. I mean, it, it was a good game through and through. Now at the very end, I thought that I might have a heart attack. Like we were discussing before when the ball went out of the end zone, I just was, I was, I think I was pulling out my hair. I didn't, I, I'm not quite sure exactly uh-huh. so what were, happened with me. In. I was all, I mean, I was all in, that was like the best game of the weekend. And that's mm-hmm. what you, that you Hold want on. from college. Football. Notre Dame ball state. Uh, Notre Dame ball state was obviously a close game, yeah. But no, that was not uh, that was not my viewing. Try to be a passer. Brandon Woodbush has been throwing the ball down the field. He was so bad in this game. The highlights that I watch every I watch every throw for. Oh my god! I don't know how Notre Dame fans. But in comparison, no. But in comparison to what he was doing last year, I guess. I mean, he was better last week. This was not a good week for him. But like Notre Dame. I, I have no idea what to think of them. I don't like having Notre Dame conversations with anyone in the South because there is this natural weird hatred for them and no respect. And part of it is the fact that they got blown out by Alabama in the title game. But it's like, well, I mean, they recruited a top 10 level. They're one of the ones that recruit well enough over a four-year span that they could potentially win a national title. But I just, their quarterback play is just not even close to being good enough. I missed the well, Everett, I, the, uh, was it Everett Golden? Am I forgetting his name? Um, was it, was it the year that was... Everett Golston? Everett Golston. I it wasn't the year that there was two quarterbacks, Everett right? That they, they played LSU. Yeah, there it is. That's right. I always think it's not Everett Golston because there was a defensive end for Ohio State who was a gigantic bust for the Jets. And they all like I think the names are very close. Vernon Golston, I think is the other one. So that's why I'm always hesitant. Yeah, it's Vernon Golston and Everett Golston. 
So yeah, I, I don't like those two because they I always feel like I'm getting them backwards. Well, speaking of Notre Dame, I think coming up that Vandy is going to upset Notre Dame this coming week. Game. Yeah, I mean, Vanderbilt I, is I've, top 25 in S&P Plus, which is insane. But it's also because they've beaten the crap out of um, both teams they've played. They're taking care of their business. But it's also uh, Derek Mason fired himself from defense, which um, <laughs> yeah. turned out which to is be, really yeah. it's a, a really good thing. Yeah, I mean, he's they brought in Jason Tarver, who has a lot of experience in the NFL. Um, he looks like John Gruden's like seven year younger brother, um, which is fun. <laughs> he's uh he's a good defensive coordinator and it's like they have talent. I mean, you know that Vanderbilt's well, gonna be good defensively and they have Kyle Schirmer, uh Pat Schirmer. Kyle Schirmer, yeah. yep. So then and he fine. and he's been he's been he's been growing into himself at Vanderbilt. Kyle Schirmer, you know, his freshman year was not the prettiest, but like over time he's really, really come into his own. And he's twenty three for thirty two, close to three hundred yards and two touchdowns in the last game against mm-hmm. Nevada. I mean, granted it was Nevada, but it was forty one and ten. And the old Vanderbilt when Derek Mason was in his first, maybe even second year, that wasn't a that wasn't a win. And yeah. when they played MTSU, that wasn't necessarily a win either it would more than likely be a loss Mm -hmm. so this team is offensively they've got receivers too uh or a receiver that's been really good Kalia Lipscomb that's I mean him and Kyle Shermer have great chemistry and then they've got a really good tight end and, and a running back transfer Keyshawn Vaughn that's been really helping them out because um of course they lost their running back he's playing for the Patriots he led the SEC. What? Why am I blanking on his name? I don't even remember. Uh, you. Oh my gosh! See, this is what most underrated running back in the SEC. I would say. Um, I would Benny say running back. Snell. No. Well, last year. Last I mean, even year. Last year. I think he's just been really good. Ralph Webb. Yeah. Ralph Webb okay, for yeah, yeah, yeah. Vandy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. But I mean, he, you know, so Keyshawn Vaughn's been having to replace him. Uh, but speaking of underrated, yes, I agree with you. Benny Snell is definitely underrated. Um, because what a win! Because they just oh, beat Florida. So I know. know about him. The last time that Kentucky won in Gainesville, Jimmy Carter was president. Yeah, I mean, I mean <laughs> that is. I mean, think about that. We, I mean, we were not even like our parents were probably in high school. Mm-hmm. It, it, I mean, yeah, it was. It was a long time ago. They have. It, it's a really bizarre streak because it's not like Kentucky has just been this like consistent doormat and Florida has been this juggernaut over that 30 year span. It's just, they haven't beaten them. It's just really weird. And they've come close, especially the last couple of years. Remember they came in like a missed field goal uh, a couple of years ago. That was just really bizarre. Um, But yeah, it was a feel good story, but also Kansas. They Kansas. I know it was 49 consecutive straight losses. Mm -hmm. Can I list some things that had not been released by the last time Kansas won a road game? Please do. Instagram. iPads. (laughs) The movie Avatar, Modern Warfare 2, and MacBook Airs. Stop. Yeah. 46-game road losing streak. 49-game overall away from home. That includes neutral sites. Um, They ended it against Central Michigan. And I remember I was listening to one podcast before um, the weekend, and they brought up the fact that, like, Kansas was, like, considering or whether or not they should consider just dropping their football program or moving it down to <laughs> that's so the, sad. the lower level to join Idaho and uh, Paul Petrino and everybody else in that division. But um, in Kennesaw State, excuse me, I should highlight them who won again this past weekend. But, uh, yeah, it is sad. It's really weird, especially when you consider their basketball program and everything else. But they were also, like, number two in the country just 10 years ago with Mark Mangino 
and mm-hmm. were playing big games against Missouri back in the day. So it's not like this program can't be good. It's just they have not figured it out in years past. But they have the best running back name in all of football this year. Puka William Jr. That is. I name. am un. I I am un. I am unfamiliar. Can you please repeat his name, please? Puka. P O O K A. Williams Jr. Puka Williams Jr. Puka Williams Jr. Is that not a great name? It seems Puka like Williams Jr. Night Lights. I feel like it's one of those like YouTube videos that's on repeat that people like remash of like interviews or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I just find it. Why now talk it now talk talk to me about Puka Williams Jr. because I don't, I'm confused of why his name hasn't came up on my radar oh, as of yet. He plays football at Kansas. Well, obviously, but I mean, I mean, in the Big Twelve, is he going to be something that you know, like a top type of running back, yeah, or I mean, he's what? Be, like he's a guy. Like he's someone like LSU wanted him, and I think he's from Louisiana originally. He's got good uh, size; he can catch the ball. But he chose to go the opposite route that these other five stars are going up. Just like let's go to another program that already has another five star ahead of me, like Alabama. Like we Najee just talked Harris, about somebody else. Yeah, he was like, I'm yeah. just going to go to Kansas. And see what happens. I mean, he's got to get the touches there. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, he was get- he was insane, and uh, it's just weird to see like sentences like "player X ignites Kansas for huge road win." It's like, what year are we in right now? <laughs> I yeah that that was one of my my favorite like Kansas and Kentucky. The fact that they just put ends to those streaks where it was just was just unreal um that that we were talking about like storylines before and like those were my two top storylines of this week and granted like i'm not going to tune in i'm not going to go like if i see on my tv oh kansas is playing you know i'm not going to go and like that's not going to be a game that i watch obviously because we just talked about it they have a little bit of trouble winning um but just the storyline of knowing that you know this can get it done and that every week it matters you know every week there's something on the line and that's what's just so cool about it. I, I, I love every it. Week something is on the line for Kansas because they uh, may not be in FBS one if they keep this up. <laughs> so yeah, they're well, playing yeah. for their mm-hmm. uh, relevancy every week. Oh, that would be terrible. Could you imagine having to lose your football program? I mean, like, well, I mean, the legitimacy of your football program. I would say it like that. I don't know. It's weird because, like, I wonder if they Georgia Tech the... is like right on the edge of that, right? No, no. Oh, I'm no. just kidding. No, well, I mean, come, no. come on, Chase, come no. on, you, you. Well, I mean, you did lose to a former Alabama quarterback. They, they, I mean, who's won the last two times they've been to Athens? Oh, I know. Uh, all right, so. all right. I'll let you take a shot. I had to take a shot. Yeah, Marshall had really to fun. try. He got hurt. No, no. Day. Like he's fun. Yeah. they're fun to watch. They're good. Did... You got Nate Woody running the defense now. Their uniforms are finally not trash for the first time in like a decade. I'm just not a Paul Johnson fan. I I'm feel like you can it. He's fine. He, well, you're I not going to win games by being I fine. Hate it. I hate watching it. And, but it's one of those things where I think I talked to Dan about this last week is that like they're a team where it's like they're a highlight team where it's like you do not want to sit there and watch uh, Tennessee versus Georgia Tech on opening weekend and watch oh. them play keep away for 15 minutes. No. What you want to watch is those brief moments where Taquan Marshall breaks through for a 75 yard right. run. You're like, oh, that's Absolutely. really cool. But they don't show you the 15 other plays that are like two-yard pitch play out, nothing. Like that's the majority of those games. And I just, 
it's really painful to watch. So, I mean, Auburn plays this way a lot that they don't get enough crap for is that Auburn plays a very, very boring style. But now they have Anthony Schwartz over the top, who's a track star, just like Hargrave um, at Georgia now, where, like, I guess everybody's just getting a slot guy who can run a go route faster than anybody else, um, which is cool. Um, it's fun when they do break through and like against Alabama state and South Carolina and whoever, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's really boring to watch. Auburn's a very tough watch and Georgia Tech is a tough watch. And, uh, I don't know. Georgia is now a tough watch, I think. Well, yeah. Cause it's not really competitive and I'm there's, there's, uh, schedule this season is not sexy mm-hmm. at all, really. No. And, you know, I mean, of course they've got the, you know, they've, they're going cross, you know, to LSU down in Baton Rouge. So that's going to be a game, especially because Joe be Burrow awful to watch. I, I don't know if people are ready for just how I, awful that game is going to be to sit there. Do you think, I mean, I really was a little bit more impressed by Joe Burrow this week with LSU. Now, now they just lost one of their best defensive players, mm-hmm. I think to an, to an injury, yeah. but I was really impressed with the way he sort of is starting to adjust to it. I mean, he's, it's a completely new system, a completely new wide receivers. And he really, he did not see the field at Ohio state ever. So you know, I think it, it's an adjustment period, but it's going to be a night game in Baton Rouge. Like that's that in itself is already strikes against Georgia. I think it's just more like Dave Aranda is such a good defensive coordinator and they have so much talent that LSU can never be like bad, bad. But well, if you're bad with LSU talent, then that says something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, for whatever reason, offenses are not allowed to thrive. You have to have Danny Etling and you have to have uh, and you can Jefferson. only get. Yeah. You, you can only get quarterbacks feet. from another team. Zach Mettenberger, Joe Burrow. Those those have been the two best quarterbacks in the recent like decade. Matt Flynn's their best quarterback of like the last twenty five years. I know. It's and then really yeah, bizarre. it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy how they cannot recruit. Excuse me, I should put some respect on Jamarcus Russell's name. Um. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love. That I was actually back in the news. Like I was listening to the Rich Eisen show a couple weeks ago, and I forgot who it was. I think it was Kirk Morrison who played with him in Oakland, the former linebacker who's now in NFL media uh just telling like brief stories about jamarcus russell and i've decided that i could listen to jamarcus russell stories all day long and never get tired <laughs> i need that in my life i want a podcast that's just former players talking about jamarcus russell i would listen every day is he really that interesting oh jordan i'm gonna send you the links to this interview about like, him just oh my god it's it's incredible jamarcus russell i wish he was turned into a superstar and we got superstar jamarcus for 15 years the stories would just be it's it's that Tyson zone where like you believe anything like if I see a headline about Jamarcus Russell, I'm probably going to believe that it's true. <laughs> well, wh- where where can we go right in the world where we needed Jamarcus Russell to be something special so he could be in headlines every day? I mean, it's like, the that's... same thing with Johnny Menzel and guys like that where it's just yeah. Like, they're interesting. It doesn't mean like you have to agree with everything they do. Baker Mayfield's interesting. Like he posed and had a tiger. Like it's yeah. just those are the guys I... that you want to read about and you want to listen to because you're like, exactly. oh, Baker just went on Colin Coward show and just like bucked at him. And it was like, oh, this is really <laughs> compelling. 10 minutes of television. I'm all about this. And then you have Russell Wilson going on the Dan Patrick show and giving a minute and a half interview where you're like, oh my God, I didn't need this. We don't need to interview yeah, Russell was... Wilson ever again. I love him as no. a quarterback top five. Never need to interview that guy ever again. He's never going to give you anything. Matt Ryan's the exact same way. 
Yeah, I can't listen to Matt Ryan talk at all for more than one reason. But I, yeah, Baker Mayfield, I, I tended to not like him last year, but I, I liked him a little bit better once okay, Georgia there, beat yeah. Oklahoma. Uh-huh. But, but I, I think Baker Mayfield's going to be like the guy in the NFL just because of his confidence. Because the fact that he went from Texas Tech, he was a walk on at Texas Tech. On the fact the that he went. Yes, and he was a walk-on in Oklahoma. Then he won the Heisman. Now he was the number one pick in the draft. It's just like, he, yeah, to your point, he is like literally electric when it comes to either headlines, him on the field, what he has to say. He's got that energy. Um, it's fresh. It's like refreshing. And we need more like of a, that He sports. literally went to Lincoln Riley at the half in the Georgia game. The Rose Bowl and was like, hey, let's go conservative in the second half so we can give Georgia this game. And you know what Lincoln Riley did? He obliged. And they took their foot off the gas and they allowed Georgia to progress to the national title. I thought that was the classiest move of Baker's career thus far. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it, Bake. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks so much. If you're listening, thank you. Dumbest game I've ever watched. I was so mad. I bet on oh, Oklahoma. It was, I, it was the, the dumbest greatest game. It was really college fun. football game. I, I might have cried. That might have been the first. No, actually, the first game I've ever cried in as a fan was Auburn, Georgia last season, regular season. Oh, not the uh, Marshall game. No. And not Mm-mm. the first time Auburn played in the real game. No. Well, yes. Yeah, so the, the regular season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. No, but I did cry during that game. I did. Mm-hmm. And then I did cry during the Rose Bowl and I bawled my eyes out to the point where they were raw in the national championship game. Mm. Was this before? <laughs> was this at the end of it or like just like when you were up at one point? Where you're like, oh, this no, is no, 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 no. At the end of it, I bawled my eyes out. I, I was literally having a religious experience like throughout the game because just the fact that, you know, when Rodrigo made that that kick. I was mm-hmm. like, Oh my God, it's happening. I'm going to be a winner for the first time in my life. Like this is really happening. And then it was literally like my heart was ripped out of my chest and I just collapsed on my knees and, uh, the religious experience became a torturous moment. But thankfully we have the Falcons who have learned from their red zone <laughs> failures from a season ago. And as we know, history does not repeat itself. Oh my God. History does not repeat itself. And they you know, they don't they don't do those things on national television when they're the only game on either. No. You know, no, 18 not at all. Julio. 10 catches and 159 yards. And it felt like nothing. And, it's and, bizarre. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian's not the problem either. Nope. Not at all. Oh, nope. Are you hinting at Matt Mm-mm. Ryan? Uh, no, I'm hinting just specifically on the offensive coordinator. Matt Ryan is definitely overpaid. He's mm-hmm. one of the most mediocre quarterbacks. Jalen Ramsey was right. Another guy. Just keep talking all about it. He's just fascinating. I love it. Yeah. I love Jalen and I got to cover him down in Jacksonville. And he, I mean, he is what you see on, on, you know, every headline you read, mm-hmm. that is who he is. And he's not going to shy away from it. Sort of like Telvin Smith. Um, it may be a Florida really state guy. type of thing. Really good. Telvin Smith is way underrated. One of, one of the best players on the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. Um, but he plays but, on a really good defense that just has so many talented yeah, guys. Yeah, exactly. Malik Jackson, just up and down the road. Campbell. Yeah. I mean, Dante Fowler, I'm pretty sure. I don't, did they put him on waivers? Like, question. I don't even, I don't even know if he made like, really, I don't even know if he's on the roster. I mean, that's how good their defense is. Um, granted, Dante Fowler is, was always going to be a bust. I can't even believe that they took him. Well, as high as they just did, got anyways. lifted 40 minutes ago, it looks like. So um, hmm. he could be back. 
very uh, who knows he's um, i don't know yeah, i feel like he's one of those guys like you put him on a different team like but then again just put him on the cowboys and he's going to be like 15 sack guy he can join Randy <laughs> gregory and everybody else like i joke with carlos i'm like you actually can't have a good pass rush if you don't take character question mark guys it's just part of the deal if you're going to be a, a top of the line outside linebacker defensive end outside demarcus Ware, you uh, uh <laughs> you can play for the cowboys yeah that's true they'll take anybody or the browns browns too the Browns too, uh, but Miles Garrett really good. The Browns may actually have something on defense. Like they, they, they should have beaten the Steelers this week. But how Browns was it that they could have won the game, but they, won they the tied of a battle six to one. I don't know. I, I, know. I don't know the last team to do that to give up a, that kind of like Ben Roethlisberger was like Cleveland, take this. Get, like, yeah, just <laughs> gifting hit, gifting the ball to Cleveland. Yeah, it was. Um, it was it was bizarre. It was a really bad because I love Tyrod, but I also love Baker, so I'm very split on that whole decision. I but. see. I think that they. I mean, Tyrod, Tyrod deserves more than what he has, but you drafted Baker for a reason. Yeah. And to me, you're not wanting Baker to learn from Tyrod. I mean, he's not. You know, he's not a Brett Favre. It's not like an Aaron Rodgers really Brett Favre type like, of situation. He's a really smart player. Like he's the guy. Right. He is just someone. He's like Alex what? Smith, where it's like if you put him on the right team, he's like Andy Dalton, those kind of guys, where it's like he needs to be down in Jacksonville. Mm. Yeah, get rid of Blake Bortles. Yeah, but Blake Bortles, but- AFC Championship quarterback, Blake Bortles. Oh God, stop, stop. <laughs> Do you did you ever see his dolphin move where he literally dolphin di- dove? Wait, what? I think it, it, you just Google Blake if, to anybody that's listening. Google Blake Bortles dolphin dive. I don't want to. Why? What is this? He did that. He did that during the game. Oh, he this literally. Is an in-game thing. Yes, it's an in-game. Like I don't even know what he was trying to do, but it's like a dolphin. He <laughs> he dove like a dolphin. But I just love that their uh, offense is. What can we do to not allow Blake Bortles to ruin this game for us? Their offense is Leonard Fournette, TJ Yeldon. Like, they take no chances. It's very smash mouth, old school, but it's like we have the best events in football, and Blake, we need you to just not do dumb things. No, well, and that's what, like, the defense has been, the defense has been outspoken about that. I mean, they know that, like, the media down in Jacksonville knows the offensive game plan is to not turn the ball over, obviously, but Mm -hmm. to not let Blake Bortles touch it as much as possible. Because he could do more. Like, we saw, a couple years ago where he was like a fantasy juggernaut and this is another yeah. thing with red zone it's like if you watch red zone a couple years ago you're like oh blake bortles he just throws the ball around but then you look at all the turnovers that's what you don't see it's like all the dumb well, stuff that comes with it exactly and he was also throwing the ball ball down like back then when they were down by 30 40 points exactly. so yeah, yeah. so it was <laughs> prevent defense you know um yeah. or lack of that but um paid. shout out to him Way to go, yeah, Blake he did get paid. Mm-hmm. Blake Bortles, our guy. UCF. Speaking of UCF, they're basically like uh, besides U- South Florida, U- UCF and USF are the top dogs in the state of Florida because Florida and Florida State just basically are trash. Jordan, stop me if you've heard this one before, but Miami and Mark Richt. Lost oh, Miami game. and Mark Richt. Yes. Yeah, Miami, Mar- Mark Richt too. They're they're um really not doing too hot as well his pick game came early this year like i appreciate him going ahead and just getting it out of the way early that was a smart rick move because everything's gravy (laughs) from here on out like they got the bad loss out of the way um lsu's gonna finish seven and five it's gonna look terrible at the end of the year but got out of the way moved on and now they have this great win streak to end the season so it was so it was so mark rick football just not being prepared for the first game of the season 
the offensive line was atrocious for Miami. I don't even know what to say about their quarterback. The fact that they have him in at quarterback, is that their only option? They have a young uh, guy, Malik Razier, behind him, but I don't think, I think he's a true freshman, I want to say. Um, I, what's Brad Kaya doing? He's not in the lines anymore. So bring him back yeah, to year 12. He, well, I don't even, I do not know why he went into the league when he did. Mm-hmm. He was, he would have definitely shot because I feel like the, I feel like the quarterback draft class of this year is not going to be as strong as it was last year. And I mean, last year I felt like it was, it was I mean, okay. It's going to be one of those. I think it, I think it's better than okay. I think last year we're going to look at as, I mean, Same, I guess this year yeah. we're going to look at as one of the defining ones because I do believe in Baker. I believe in Josh Rosen. I don't believe in Josh. Allen, I like, but I, I like believe, Sam Darnold. Yeah. Those four. Like, I think that's a yeah. huge and Lamar Jackson. We'll see. Um, he's already playing a little bit, but he just can't take the hits. Like Lamar will be fine. If he learns how to dodge stuff like Russell Wilson, because if he doesn't, it's going to go Robert Griffin very fast. And I don't want that to happen because I love Lamar Jackson, but he took a lot of bad hits in the preseason. And well, he was, he was playing scary football. He was running an open field, you know, like you said, taking hits when he shouldn't take hits and for ball security and your health for the season, that just can't happen. Uh, But, but for him, like he's not behind a guy that's willing to help him or guide him either. Like Flacco does not want Lamar Jackson. I mean, people good. can say That's that it should be like Brett Favre did not help Aaron Rodgers. Like Tom Brady. I feel not like in, at least in the quarter, but I feel like in the quarterback room, regardless if you're helping out directly by saying, "Hey, man, do this," in the quarterback room, if you if you're all ears and you're really consuming what's going on, I feel like you are learning. You know, just by being around them. Yeah. I mean, if I'm Joe Flacco, I'm like Lamar. Great work this preseason. If you see that <laughs> linebacker in open field, well, you know what? Truck stick. I believe in just, you. you can just do go. It. Just yeah. go. You know what? And and forget the slide. You don't need a slide either. Just no. go. You know. Um, everybody you see out. Um, pass whenever necessary. But like, let's do RPOs every play. See what happens. <laughs> You'll be fine, Lamar. I promise. Joe Flacco really is that type of guy too. That he probably is rooting for that. Oh man. Um, Joe Flacco never going to be on this podcast now. And <laughs> Lamar Jackson too, which is sad because I would love to have Lamar on. So Lamar. I like me. Lamar. Yeah. I like Lamar. Is there anything we can take away from uh, Will Muschamp getting blown out by uh, Kirby Smart this weekend? Well, just the fact that um, Steve Spurrier is not at South Carolina. That is apparent because it didn't matter what type of team Steve Spurrier had at the time that they were playing Georgia. Steve Spurrier always had Georgia's name. And it's, I mean, it's the changing of the tides. I mean, Kirby Smart is here to stay. And for Will Muschamp, what the most disappointing thing was the fact that Debo Samuel, I think, was held to like 32 yards. I mean, granted, it was was preseason All-American. They, like, they, number 18, Baker on Georgia was getting eaten a lot. Yeah. He drew, like, three or four pass interference yeah. calls on him. Like, I, know. I don't know why they weren't targeting Debo every single time. It was like watching Julio on just a nickel corner in the NFL where it's like this dude right. can't handle him. And you can't yeah. run the ball. Like, they were averaging, like, 1.9 yards per carry. And they just gave up in the run. Like, I think Bentley threw, like, 47 passes in this game. But they were all, like, five-yard curls. And I'm just like, I don't know why you're just not throwing the ball to Debo every other play. Like, no, I was, I was very – <laughs> Well, I mean, I was really surprised that they weren't going downfield more because, like you said, I mean, like DeAndre Baker, who is preseason All-American along with Debo Samuel, obviously both great players. But yeah, I mean, Baker was drawing the flags left and right. So you why not continue to attack that? And then when you look at the other side, the other cornerback for Georgia was Tyson Campbell, who Mm -hmm. was a freshman. 
So why are you not taking advantage of a, a guy that's only played one full game of college football under his belt? South Carolina is just terrible to watch. Will Muschamp offenses and just the curl routes and they just there's no creativity. It's just very basic and vanilla and awful. And um, I'm glad Georgia disposed of them because I like coming into the year, I was just not buying the South Carolina hype that was following this team. Yeah, I mean, I I really like I really like Bentley at quarterback. I really think he's a talented kid, and with his his dad, yeah. I I do. I think that he is decent when it comes to the SEC East. Now, this is not saying much. Mm-hmm. He no is Steven one of Garcia. the better quarterbacks. <laughs> no, God, Stephen Garcia was a rare form of animal. Love him, oh. Connor Shaw. Oh. No Connor Shaw. Oh, he extended my South Carolina QB knowledge like the last fifteen years. Yeah, well, those are the two most important ones, I guess. Uh, but I don't know. Jake Finley is definitely not as exciting as those guys. But I felt like there, to me, as as a Georgia fan going into this game, I was really pessimistic just because this really was like a trap game for Georgia. I mean, as much as you know, Jordan, I know that hype was before any of these games. I could have talked you out of this <laughs> pessimism. Weeks could ago. You? I could have like saved you a lot of anxiety. I just, just well, you have yeah. to you have to think about it. I'm still in Mark Richt like form. Like I'm still so afraid that we're not gonna be prepared for a game. Like, I mean, Miami fans legitimately thought that they had a chance for another national championship this year, and then yeah, they were hopes were yeah. they were yeah, they were they were crushed and and literally, you know, destroyed first week of the year. So it's like I'm still in that mind frame. Okay, Georgia's gonna somehow find a way to lose. And I'm, you know, being from Atlanta, this is since 1996, we have yet to win anything. It is the Olympic curse that has fallen on our city, our schools, um, when it comes to the sports that, you know, football and baseball. I mean, so we're losers. Atlanta needs the Olympics in like 2030. To well, end the curse. well, no, LA, uh, LA is gonna get the curse next. Okay. So I don't worry. I, I mean, so LeBron's it's... in LA and uh, <laughs> Jared Goff and Sean McVay and uh, a bunch of other great things. So well, you I, know I what? It's going to be heart- heartbreaking losses, though. Follow the Olympics. That's just that's just what history shows, you know. I believe. You. So that's that's the mindset I was in during this game. Facts but only on this podcast. <laughs> facts only. Um, but Georgia just looked dominant on all fronts. I mean, defensively, with as many like guys that they have just plugging in holes. Like I can't even tell you statistically what Georgia did on offense because they have so many weapons. It's scary. Miko Hardman. You've got Akil Crumpton. You've got Riley Ridley. Like what, four or five different running backs? I, I mean, it's insane. You had three running backs find the end zone. Easy. Yeah. Easy. I think you've entered this zone where, and this is good if you're a Georgia fan, is that you are now one of those eight teams that you're just, you can go ahead and pencil in 10 wins at the bare minimum because there's just too much talent now that the coaching is good enough, the offensive line is good enough. Like the offensive line is just insane how big those guys are and sam Pittman was just such a huge underrated hire for them but oh my um, gosh he's like the king of campus yeah like he's, he's the reason he's of our success besides kirby smart i would put him above mel tucker of importance oh yeah um yeah i sam Pittman has just changed everything for them um those guys are just gigantic and there's nothing you can do and it's going to help guys like deandre swift average seven yards to carry and everything else but um you can just like i don't think you need to be nervous about any of the only game um that I really, if I'm a Jordan fan, I, I guess two is tech just because you never know. Like those games that's, are just always That's weird. always up in the air. Yeah. yeah. And then Auburn, just because Auburn, Auburn's just yeah. playing really well. Um, they're very similar in a lot of different ways, like Kevin Steele's defense and everything else. Like Auburn still is a great front seven. 
um, losing carry on Johnson and Cameron Petway hurt, but they're already seeing with Martin and everybody else. Like they're just next man up. It's the same thing with Georgia and Swift. It's just, they have so much talent. Well, they'll, they'll figure it out. And I mean, now they have a superstar track star <laughs> on the outside. That's going to help things. But Stidham is still, he's fine, but Auburn still has that problem of just the vanilla stuff. And I don't know, like Malzahn has these weird games, but they play LSU this week. And that was their bad loss last year. That kind of wrecked a lot of things for them. Um, we'll see this weekend if Auburn's over that. And I think they are going to blow out LSU. That's uh, you heard it here <laughs> yeah, first, folks. Auburn's blowing out LSU. I, I think that game's going to be a little bit closer. Mm. I don't think it's going to be a blowout just because Gus Malzahn. <laughs> I think they're so I am, pissed about last year. It's just that loss should not have well, happened. It's the revenge. Yeah. yeah. Well, wasn't Jared Stidham, didn't he have like the, like one of his lowest, compl- like one of his worst performances as a quarterback at last season, awful. I yeah. think was it was unbearable. Was against LSU, and the fact that LSU really was, I'm, I mean, they were not good last year. I mean, Danny Etling beat you. Like that should never happen. I mean, Danny yeah, Etling, no, Danny which Etling reminds me. By the way, we should. I would be remiss if I did not mention Eastern Washington, Eastern, excuse me, Eastern Michigan. See the disrespect in this podcast. Eastern <laughs> Michigan. Shout out to them going in to Danny Etling's former school. Who cast him aside? Who's laughing now? They beat Purdue in Purdue. I know what a win. I, yeah, I um that uh, I don't always, even Danny know. Gets the last laugh. Danny Etling, uh, he's um, I, I'm going to be nice just because if Danny Etling's ever listening to this, maybe he'll come on this podcast as well. Possible. Yeah, I I was shocked when I saw Eastern Michigan beat Purdue. I really was. I really I'm a program now. I will say you should not lose to Eastern uh, Michigan at home, but they are better. Like things have been better. They were in a bowl game for the first time in like 30 years, a couple years ago. Um, They're respectable. They've won two big road games. Um, I want to say, was it Minnesota or Temple? Or they beat somebody they should not have beaten as well on the road. So Eastern Michigan is back. So what I'm saying is Alabama, Eastern Michigan is coming. The Eagles (laughs) of Eastern Michigan, the green and white. Could you imagine I love the we want Bama stuff for all these like like I want Boise I Bama in the playoff like Boise just blowing everybody Stop. out. I want Brett Rippin versus Tua. That's not going to happen, Chase. But you can always dream. You How can always times, hope. I, if they go twelve and zero, <laughs> and all, they're one of four teams, like I think they're the only team that has like the best shot of going twelve and zero. If they're twelve and zero, well, I don't know. I don't know. Clemson has a really good shot at going twelve and zero. Their their schedule is weak. Yeah, but there's always the ACC championship game, and there's always some like it's just it's really I mean, hard. I mean, ACC go championship now. game against two Miami. Oh come on, Mark Rick in a big game. Yeah, come on. What? I, I'm not worried. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. I don't know. I just think it's really really hard for Power Five schools to go undefeated. And um, also, shout out to Hawaii who brought back the run and shoot offense undefeated. Colt Brennan 2.0 over there. They're uh, they're fun. So let's not rule out Hawaii, Georgia in uh, uh, the playoff. That um, went really well I, the first time. Let's do it again. It went. Yeah, that would be uh, a nice little rematch there. I, I'm fair, not sure. Georgia and Boise State enjoyed the last time those two met. I I hated it. <laughs> it was the uniform. I, it was 100 Georgia wearing that red stripe and the silver helmets God. and everything. Not great. When Georgia changes up their outfits, things tend to go awry. Mm. that's just that's just a proven stat that is i mean like we said that's gonna be we say, when we're on the podcast together jordan it's a facts only podcast it's like a nothing, facts only yeah uh, 
<laughs> facts only. Hashtag facts only. Yeah. That's it. Um, yeah. And then, you know, Oklahoma's just sitting there. Like, Kyler Murray, really fun. He's just, he's not Baker, but this team, like, UCLA pretty really well in the first half and i feel kind of bad for chip kelly having to open the season with who he did um and then going to oklahoma on the road like i'm not worried about ucla long term because i do think chip kelly's really good and they're he's just got he's got to get his guys in there i mean it's going to be you're dealing with the layover of what what was there which is not a lot and you're going against oklahoma which is we talk about programs that have just like five-star talent all around that's oklahoma but they did lose their star running back for the season which is really i think gonna hurt them in the long run uh, with Rodney Anderson out. Yeah. So he that's, a lot. he's never been. Healthy. No, I know. Well, I know in 2015, it broke his leg, um, two games into the season. And then last spring, he fractured a vertebrae in his neck. He won the job halfway through the season. Of course, was a big part of that loss at the Rose Bowl to UGA. But I mean, still, that's not a guy that you want to lose. And it's always next man up. But, you know, that, that throws a wrench into just trying to get offensively in a groove for the season. Can I just say I'm I'm conflicted here. I need to bring this up because Arizona is now 0 and 2 and I, I was just like, about to go there. <laughs> Tate was really fun to watch last year and he is painful to watch this year. And I don't know how much of it is fault. Like he's definitely banged up and like someone talked about like he was hurt so he couldn't run uh, and they were having they, Right, like, his they, ankle was taped up or something. Yeah. He passed 45 times against Houston this weekend i understand they were playing from behind because houston was up uh let's see 17 uh 21 to nothing at the end of the first and it was bad at oliver and everybody else was eating them alive and houston's quarterback is just um he's not uh who was the guy that they had for a couple years um miller jr because it was like he beat out who was it not miller it was something junior i'm blanking on his name but uh, not kyle allen is what i'm gonna call him and not kyle allen <laughs> Another Uh-oh. former five star that everyone just assumed was going to be great and was part yeah. of the group. Him and Kyler Murray forever uh, yeah. intertwined because they went away. That was a mess. That was a mess. But anyway, Sumlin, who I am just an ardent supporter of, I think he's one of those guys that's never going to get the respect that he got. Like what? He's, he's consistent. He's just never been bad. Like his season. Consistently always, bad. This is the first time he's ever started zero two in his head coaching career. Like I just yeah, feel bad but he's. For him. I mean, bes- besides the fact that he beat Alabama that one time with Johnny Manziel, I mean, like, really, what has he ever done? I mean, that's pretty nice to beat. Um, <laughs> he coached a Heisman winner <laughs> quarterback. Like he's a guy that knows. I mean, but how much did he do that? Do it, but how much does he know the offense? Like to your point, like okay, yeah, maybe Khalil Tate was like a little bit injured. He had his ankle wrapped, but he is he is dynamic when he is able to run and do those things. And like the first two games of the year, I mean, like you have seen zero zip of that. And he's was a pre high. I mean, like preseason Heisman, like hopeful, like you it's thought over. that he was going to yeah. be, it's, it's yeah, it's done. Like he's not getting the Heisman. It's been absolutely atrocious. I just wonder like how soon Arizona can part ways with Kevin Sumlin. That's oh, more my how question. How dare you? Leave him alone. He's not going to like go like two and 10. Like his worst season, worst season he, was 2010 and he went five and seven at Houston. Do you want to do the next year? 12 and one. What I'm saying is Arizona is going 12 and out next year. That's what I'm saying on this podcast. Oh my gosh. No. Have you been drinking already? No, I just, Where's the fireball? Share I it with love, me. I just love Sumlin. I just, I don't like the, like what happened to him at Texas A&M and the, like a lot I of the stuff going yeah. into his firing and Jimbo getting no, this like 10 year right. contract and then well, backing him. I just felt like he got, 
he got a he got a bad shake at uh, he, he definitely he definitely I hated how like they parted ways. He was getting those threatening letters. You know, they, I mean, it was really an ugly situation. Him leaving Texas A and M, and when it comes to Jimbo Fisher, he's like he's like the the college girl that gets around, you know what I mean? Or a college guy that gets around. It's equal on both ends, you know, but he just, like, he just hops from school to school. I feel like he just sort of goes, whatever, whatever, you know, whatever the river's flowing, that's where Jimbo Fisher's going. You heard it here first, the rhyme of the day, but I was, I, just, one, I for one was shocked when he took a 10 year contract worth like a bajillion dollars from Texas A&M. I was, I was stunned. I mean, how? What does that say about his time at Florida State? Like, how bad did he want to get out of there? Granted, Which Florida is State's weird, not because a prob- it's a great job. He won a national title. No, there. I, it's well, I, and his family's there. His family, his wife. Like, I know his like ex-wife or maybe his ex-wife and his kids and stuff. They were in Tallahassee. You know, I mean, this makes things like a little bit more strained going all the way to Texas. But, but that's Jordan, you're in Chicago. Would you not pass up the opportunity right now to move to College, college Station if the opportunity presented itself? You would jump on a plane right now, right? Oh, yeah, I mean, Texas. you you uh, slipped me a few checks worth, you know, a couple hundred thousand. I might be on the way there, but no, absolutely not. College Station's just, um, it's a nice town, but I, I prefer Chicago. Or Lubbock. You know? No Lubbock love. No, no, no Lubbock. No Waco? <laughs> oh, Lord help me, no. Okay, there you go. But anyway, like, I just, I think Sumlin is... He's just, he's one of those guys, I think Texas A&M fans, like, just kind of forgot that, like, hey, it wasn't that long ago you were losing 77 to nothing to Oklahoma. Like, that wasn't that long ago. You, I think it's just this weird idea of, like, how you see yourself. Texas is going through this a little bit with Herman and what they did to Charlie Strong. And um, it's just, it's weird because I want Texas to to succeed because I think football is better when Texas is good. However, I did not like how Charlie Strong was treated. I thought he deserved Mm -mm. a lot more time. And I think... Mac Brown is still like weirdly like the best coach they've had in like 50 years. And which is so crazy there and he got pushed out and all that other stuff. Like, I just think it's not, I, I, I don't know. I just don't like when these programs don't, or these fan bases don't really understand who they are. And like well, someone that- was really good for them for a really long time because it could be worse. It could be a lot worse than nine and four. Right. Well, I mean, I think it goes to just the type of society that we live in now. Everybody wants it now. Everybody wants to win now. They want to be great now. They want the players now, you but know, and I win. It's like, well, no, there's like eight teams in college football that can win every year. That's it. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And it it's not just like a one facet game. You know, it's not just recruiting. It's not, you know, so like when you're when you're hiring these guys and I just think it's funny, like when we talk about new coaches, like look at Willie Taggart down at FSU. I mean, he almost lost to, uh, Sanford. Uh, to Sanford this past week. I, I mean, they after being Stanford blown. So. Stanford of the South. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, but I, you know, I just, and Willie Taggart really didn't, that's, I think he got a job just, that was just way ahead of his time. Like he See, was definitely not ready that for that. Either. I think he, really? no, I like Taggart and I think he's, he's going to be good. I think it's just going to take time. Cause they're another situation like Dan Mullen at Florida where Chip Kelly's going through this. They just, they're running a very different system than the players that are there. Like DeAndre Francois is a pro style guy. Like they're yeah, running a gosh. system that doesn't fit what Tagger wants to do with up tempo and everything else. Like I just think I'm. This is all a um a Mulligan year basically. Like I don't really care about what happens in year one of Mullen Kelly Taggart. I'm more interested next year. Like when they get their own recruiting class, they get their own quarterback in, they get situated. 
Um, I'm just not worried. But I but here but here's the thing: like Kirby Smart came in and and managed to be okay. What were they like seven and five in year one? Eight and four? No, 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 no. I think maybe let's see. Definitely not seven and five. I, it wasn't that. What was it? it I mean, maybe eight and four because they lost to Tennessee on that. Um, let's see. This is great radio. I know. Well, I th- I feel like I should know that. Uh, as, you're a Georgia I'm, fan. You know, I'm I'm a Georgia fan. So they were eight and five. Eight and five. Eight and five. I said so, eight but, and four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So eight and five. But and I guess you're right. So second year, thirteen to two. But that's a national championship. I don't see Florida State. And you got to think Florida State has Jimbo Fisher's recruiting. Mm-hmm. Granted, this past year really fell just to the dumpsters because he left, and so did all the recruits. Um, so they're going to be recruit, like, and he was doing it at Oregon yeah. and I think he'll be fine recruiting wise. Like I'm not worried. He did it at USF. He's done it everywhere. He'll be fine. And I think Mullen's going to get his own guys and Mullen won with nothing and is the best Mississippi state head coach of all time. And now he yeah. produced Dak Prescott, Nick Fitzgerald, um, just up and down the list. Tebow, like he is just someone, he, when he gets someone not named Felipe Franks, he's going to be fine. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say is for Florida, it's like that quarterback situation they had. I mean, Emory Jones, I'm surprised he hasn't really gotten any, yeah. uh, you know, just pick them ultimately because of the damn Mullen hire. If I'm yeah, no. And, and he probably just needs some time to just get his, you know, situation figured out just with his team, the playbook, everything going on. But I feel like if, if that's the guy that you recruited to come here, put him in, especially for your fans at this point, because you just lost to Kentucky. And that is um, something that is going to be remembered for, I mean, your entire career at Florida. I mean, that think about that. That was Dan Mullen's first loss as a Gator. It was in the swamp against Kentucky. But, but hear me <laughs> out. It's going to make the Georgia win that much sweeter. Oh, stop it. They they may they have to get a pulse at the quarterback positions before they, they have a chance when to do that. Emory Jones is playing by the Georgia game. It, if it is a situation like Alabama where they pull this kid in and he just emerges out of nowhere, I may have a heart attack. Wait, I have a question for you. What would drive you more nuts this year? A loss to Florida to go 11-1 or a loss to Tech again? A loss to Florida. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> Do you just like expect at this point that Tech is coming into Athens and just winning on some crazy No, nonsense? I just I expect that Tech is just not going to maybe matter at that point because we'll, we'll already be like in the SEC championship or going to it, you know? So at that point, if we do lose and we went out in the SEC championship, they sort of still have to put us in. So but to be fair, they do have the upper hand in the quarterback battle. No, they don't. <laughs> I love Taquan Marshall. I, I, I do love yeah. Taquan. He's an exciting player. I'll watch him any day. Like I, for some reason, I we got the Georgia Tech game up here in Chicago this past weekend. Um, well, I don't I mean, you really have a gigantic South Florida Bull fan base in Chicago. Yeah, I mean, don't you know? Yeah. I mean, there's there's Lots tons of them up here. Fans in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> but I, um, I mean. We were talking about it earlier. I mean, Georgia Tech is not the sexiest team, but when Taquan Marshall runs the ball, I will watch that all day. So, give me the games that you're watching this weekend. Saturday, it's a better slate. It's still not like prime time, like a bunch we're of musties. Yeah. We're not there yet, but there are there's some games that I've circled right now, and I cannot believe yeah. I'm saying this. I have Iowa State and uh, Oklahoma circled oh, at twelve. That's going to be a game that I'm going to be watching. Okay. I mean. 
Oklahoma is going to have to do some adjustments like we talked about with Rodney, uh, Ronnie Anderson out, but Iowa state, I'm it's all, you never know. Really. You don't know in the big 10 right now at all. Um, I mean, we know that Ohio state's pretty good. Well, we know Ohio state's good, but when it comes to everybody else, really it's, you never know what's going to happen that we talked about that. That's college football. So that's going to be a game that I watch. Um, I definitely don't think Iowa state wins, but and I don't think it's going to be close, but it's going to be one of the more exciting games at 12 o'clock for well, sure. They beat at Oklahoma noon. last year. Yeah. I mean, that, like I said, you, you never know With what's going to happen. You never I, know. <laughs> I, I don't think that Lincoln Riley will allow that happen. No. To happen twice. Like Matt Campbell like, needs to, this win back to back years to polish his resume a little bit more before he takes the Ohio State job in two years. God, I do you think that that happens? You really think guy. that happens? I do think he's the next Ohio State coach. Yeah, whenever that is. Well, well, when they, whenever they decide to do the right thing, I guess we'll see. <laughs> uh, I think that day has passed. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is going to be your favorite moment? Is uh, UCF beats North Carolina by sixty-five points, and that's the end of the Larry Fedora era. And uh, that well, we just need to ring the national champion bells for uh, down in Orlando. Just already, we should get like license plates made and everything that declares UCF national champions again. No, I really think that Larry Fedora is going to be done after this season because the the way the programs. How many players do they have suspended? Uh, not enough because that story is still one of the most bizarre. Just, I mean, I, just the program as a whole over a thirty year stretch. It's one of the more like, how do we not talk about this more? Oh, right, we have the attention span of a squirrel. Of, as a nation. right, exactly. So like, Wait, what? They did what? No. Yeah. Well, and it's just like Florida, like the amount of players Florida's had suspended and the things that have gone on. North Carolina is way, I feel like way more serious than what Florida's got going on down there. But I mean, from urban to this, there's a lot of things that need to be talked about and looked over in college football. But like you said, we've got attention spans of squirrels, so not going to happen. No. Um, I know you're watching Notre Dame and Vanderbilt. I, know I that. am. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Yep. I'm, I'm thinking that Vandy's going to pull the upset. I, 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 you're not there. I think uh, it's going to be, I think it's going to be 24, 17, just like Notre Dame beating Michigan. I think it's going to be a really close game. Um, I'm not really that impressed with Notre Dame thus far. It's been two close games. I think Michigan's starting to find their groove with Shea Patterson, but I think they're sort of overrated. Um, Kyle Schirmer, like we said, he's, he's got a really good, connection with some wide receivers and a tight end Jared Pickney. So I just think with the offense there um, that they've got going on, I think they're going to take down Notre Dame. It's at Notre Dame. I think it's going to be one of those sec losses that Notre Dame's going to be just holding on to for the next couple of years. They're going to stop scheduling those because they're not going to like the sec to come in and give them a loss at home. This feels a lot like Vanderbilt and Alabama like on a smaller scale where people are like, oh, see, Vanderbilt's good. See, they're undefeated. They're okay. And then uh, the sad Vanderbilt fans in attendance. I mean, obviously it was a home game, but I just, that it ended <laughs> up being like 77 to nothing. Uh, yeah, it's and they were ranked up- and it was like the CBS 330 game and people were talking themselves into Vanderbilt and they're, they might be okay. The defense is good. We promise. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think Notre Dame's going to win very handily here. Well, we will see that one. That's going to yeah. be my upset of the week. But then there's Bama Ole Miss, which, I mean, I I think it may be fun in the first quarter. And then I think that, like, Tua just goes off. And the whole game, Alabama's defense is not as good as it's been in your in Well, and past. here's 
Exactly. The secondary is the weakest part of Alabama's team. They, I think they're replacing like six defensive backs like on their yep. squad from last year. And with Ole Miss, their strongest part of their team is their wide receivers AJ and their Brown, quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, and and their perfect passer rating when targeted last week against um who do they play? They were down like they were down at the half. I want to say uh, Ole Miss was Texas Tech. It was Southern Illinois, right? Yes, the Salukis. Yes, that is correct. And then they ended up dropping seventy seven. Um, yeah, I just think that there this is gonna be a really weird high scoring game. That's like fifty six to like forty two, something like that. Ole Miss's quarterback, I think, leads the SEC in passing yards. Mm And and he's second in the SEC with seven touchdowns. So I, I, I mean, like it's gonna be it's gonna be high scoring. And AJ Brown, he's the number one wide receiver prospect I think in this next upcoming class. Um, for so I, I mean, it's gonna be. I think they're gonna score, but I just don't see Alabama. May I? I two is gonna put up too many points for them to do anything, and I think it's gonna get out of hand. How many game or how many uh, points does? Boise State need to put on Oklahoma State for you to talk yourself into Brett Rippon being in the playoff. Um, I'm gonna say at least 45. Okay, he can do it, Brett. If you're listening, I need you to put up 45. <laughs> 45, please. And Boise, you know what they kept, like? The other argument is that hey, Fiesta Bowl, Ian Johnson, great moment. They they win big games. They can play good teams. It's not gonna be a Hawaii situation if they were to go 12 and 0 and uh, play in the playoff game they would lose probably but it'd be a lot closer than the hawaii georgia game i think i i would have to agree boise's boise does not go in they're, they're never under prepared for a game i feel like they always play to their nice level to ucf right if they got in the year after for going undefeated <laughs> in UCF, that, i would i would i would root for that in that sense mm-hmm. i would i would root for that that would be fun um and i was down in jacksonville when that whole shenanigans was going on and God, don't even get me started on the whole UCF national champions thing. You're you're not a national champion, okay? If you're listening, you're not. Wow, just a lot of hatred for the Golden Knights <laughs> or the Knights. I like the me, Golden. Yeah. I like the Knights. Yeah, they can't be Golden Knights. I like the Knights. I do. I love. Um, I loved their fan base beforehand. Uh, Blake Bortles was a golden or was a knight, mm-hmm. um, and Paul then of Pepper. course Shaq, Shaq Griffin. Love him. Uh, their defense was really, really good last year, but um, yeah, not not too fond of the Golden or the Knights and their national champion right. status. I'm gonna throw last couple things. I'm gonna throw some games, and I want you to give me your quick 10 second analysis. Are you ready? All right. Texas at home against USC. I'm gonna say uh, Tom Herman gets that one. He USC is looking rough this year, and I think they stay, of course, at that. Okay, I have USC. Ohio State versus TCU. Ohio State's been putting up too many points. Uh, they continue to do so. I think they put up at least 45. Utah at home against Washington. <laughs> the Utes. Uh, I would have to go. Utah. Yeah, I know. That's a really tough one. Just because Washington has just been very underwhelming to me this year. So I think mm-hmm. it stays close. And maybe Utah pulls. I would guess I would consider it upset. Yeah. San Diego State hosting Arizona State. Uh, Herm Edwards pulls out the win because he's Herm and he's been doing it all season. Okay, I have San Diego State here. I think it's going to surprise people. Oh, uh, we're they do it. Yeah, it's going to be a um, 
weird close game that they win. Like that'd be the most Herm Edwards Arizona State thing ever to start off two and zero with their first two opponents, and then to lose to San Diego State on the road <laughs> right after. I just I don't see Herm doing it. I I I'm a Herm believer Big after two and zero start. Yeah, I'm a Herm germ. Just call okay. me that. Uh, this is your last podcast appearance. <laughs> is my weirdness coming out is it getting a little too late it's uh very late um yeah but uh ucla at home fresno state uh chip kelly has had a rough year so far and i think it continues to stay rough as they lose this game too okay middle tennessee state on the road in athens oh i don't think i think that they score seven Oh, I'm going to be kind nice. and say that they find the find. Uh, I think Brent Stockstill is still the quarterback. I feel like he's been there for years. Um, coach's son. And I, yeah, I think he puts up just one touchdown in the last quarter of the game. Well, as you know, Middle Tennessee State is one of those schools where uh, eligibility is waived for everyone there. Because if you want to play for uh-huh. Middle Tennessee State, you actually get to play forever. I, that's what I was thinking. No so wonder that all those guys look. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, MTSU Raiders. Watch Middle Tennessee State. So they don't realize they're like that person looks forty three. Why are they still in college? Why are they playing football? It's like, well, it doesn't matter, and they don't. They're they're an under the radar school in these kind of. It's places. the Murfreesboro way, right? Well, <laughs> I love that you know where that is because I was. I have no idea where Middle Tennessee. State I have is. an MTSU hat. You better ha- believe that I'm because. <laughs> Because I lived in Nashville and our station showed MTSU games. It was the year that MTSU won in the uh, the March Madness. Who okay. did they beat? Was it Michigan State? I have no idea. Michigan State, I think MTSU beat I'm Michigan State. All this, Jordan, we're spending thirty five seconds on Middle Tennessee State. What? <laughs> you have a Middle Tennessee State hat, and you're like validating it with the fact that you lived in Nashville, and you're like Nashville. It's just. They they love their Blue Raiders and they do they do love they their love Blue Raiders and Blue Raiders that's what yeah they do. that's what they do yeah um, um <laughs> go on <laughs> I I just I'm completely thrown off by all of this I'm sorry I just sometimes I just am able to throw people off sometimes by my weirdness and sometimes by just going into a completely different direction there you go um did I miss any other big games um I think um that's it. let's. Hey, yeah, we covered LSU Auburn. Do we mention that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Auburn's going to run. Um, so yeah. Yeah, of course. Oh, you got, uh, is it Colorado State, Florida? I think Florida could lose that game. No. Colorado State's <laughs> terrible this year. But that so is Florida. Order. No, Florida's not terrible. They just had a bad loss. Oh, come on. They're bad. terrible. They're a top 30 team. It's not a No, Kentucky's loss. a great team. No, I think Kentucky's great, but I think Florida's feeling that loss, and that, that Colorado State game could be good. Uh, I'm going to say Florida wins 63 to like 14. <laughs> I'm All right, really we'll not see. kidding. I, this is my serious prediction on that. I really do think Florida blows them out. To I just, I just am really going with the whole Florida's trash narrative. You really are. Maybe, maybe it's because I've been listening to too much Jacksonville radio and that's just what they're feeling right now. And it may just be because Florida fans are really feeling down on themselves. But, uh, what I'm hearing down there is that they're going to lose to Colorado State. So it may just be pessimism, but that's what I'm going with. Yeah, I'm I'm not holding my breath. I think they'll be fine. Um, Wisconsin-BYU is going to be the most unwatchable outside of uh, Notre Dame-Vanderbilt. It's going to be close, but I would not encourage you to watch that. I think the sneaky game to watch that's going to be really fun is Ryan Finley versus uh, Will Greer. Uh, I uh, think that's Will Greer game. is fun to watch yeah, regardless. 
yeah, yeah. I think those offenses are both just dynamic and really fun and um no defense is gonna be played in that game so i think that's gonna be a really fun one uh that no one's gonna watch because it's on espn you yeah i well i literally can't watch it so we won't go into that rant either. No, a lot of rants that you're having to withhold here, Jordan. You know, am I an angry person? I'm starting to feel that way. I have a lot of like... If anyone knows whoa. anything about me, it's that I'm a very positive, optimistic um, person. And I just feel like you've... like. I, I, am I, I really know. bringing down your yeah, your, your style right now? Yeah, not good for morale on the Chase on podcast, <laughs> Jordan. Well, darn. Yeah. And if you haven't got that too much high school and middle school interactions, it's that I was the high morale guy and you were the one bringing the party down. (laughs) That's so hateful, but slightly not true at all. True at all. I know. See, look at me just getting down on myself. We can't end the podcast this way. We need to end on a positive. Like you took that way too seriously. (laughs) Is this because we haven't (laughs) talked in 10 years where you're just like, I guess maybe he was right. Maybe I misremember everything. Yeah. You know, that's when you tend to self-reflect 10 years down the road when your 10 year reunions coming up and you're looking at yourself in your mirror and you're like, where did my face go? Mm. Or, you know, just where am I in life? Mm -hmm. But no, uh, we are both doing great. You've got this awesome podcast going on and i'm living life on the radio yeah there you go am i still going to cut this check now because of that plug at the end of this podcast (laughs) um well i didn't think that you'd bring it up like on the the podcast but i mean yeah i was planning on sending it to you after okay or you could send it to me yeah i don't think that invoice is coming but jordan this (laughs) is Are you going to the 10-year reunion? Do you have plans? Do you want to talk about that off air? Uh, Yeah. Well, uh, probably, I probably will. Okay. I probably will. I'm probably not going. As of right now. No, you will. You will. What? We can do the podcast live from our reunion. That sounds (laughs) like the worst thing ever. (laughs) I'm sure people would really want to listen to that. Yeah. And get a lot of people like, oh, you're still doing that, huh? Like, I feel like that'd be the most common thing. Like, oh, he's still trying. Good for him. He's he's still trying. Attaway, Chase. Attaboy. They would talk to me like a 17-year-old senior dog that's like limping away, trying to run and catch the Frisbee. That's how they... Well, you're 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 not alone. We're doing it together. Yeah. So then if you go, then I have to go. And if I don't go, you can't go. Like, that's what has to be. Because then you're going to have to explain like, oh, you're on that podcast. Where is he? Y'all were on a podcast together like, what, a year ago? What happened to him? Yeah. I know. And I'm going to have to explain. I could, I, you know, he only asked me on here once. Things got a little too serious. I was coming up with these random football. Like a minute and a half, Jordan. (laughs) You brought up the Blue Raiders. I was just giving you some facts. I wanted five seconds at (laughs) absolute most. And I've never been good with timing. I've never been good with timing. Like a lot of just niche stuff on this podcast you've brought to the table, Jordan. Uh, I mean, hey, there's things that just people don't know about me. You know, you just dig a little deep. I'm like an onion. You cut me in. There's just more and more layers. Yeah. Just all kinds of great stuff. Telvin Smith, uh, just everything, everything that yeah. people love on national podcasts is that's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why I'm here to provide entertainment. Good and bad. Yeah. Jordan, in all seriousness, this was great. I really appreciate you taking the time. Well, thanks for having me. I've been uh, waiting for the phone call, so finally got it. I appreciate okay. you having now me on. No, you've changed your mood entirely. Now you're back <laughs> on. You're back on the Jordan Yarman that I remember. Uh, thanks for finally having me on your podcast. Yeah. I got it. <laughs> oh, no, but in all seriousness, uh, it was a blast. And um, hopefully you'll have me on to talk some college football again. Yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see, Jordan. Um, we have a lot of work to do.
A lot of work. <laughs> we'll talk post-show. No more All Middle right. Tennessee State. I've already written Dominette. Hold on. Hey, no uh, more. Don't let Jordan talk about Vanderbilt. Um, let's see, UCF, because I do have some UCF people, and that's going to be a big thing. So all kinds I'm of really starting right to like uh, NIU, too. Oh. So I mean, maybe we can talk that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just saying, maybe maybe future reference, you know, you make a note. Talks on this podcast, too, with some 30 games under 500 team talk. Uh, like well, uh, no, not at all. Okay. It's been a little depressing on the South side. Okay. So, Jordan, where can we listen to you if we are in Chicago or anywhere else in the country right now? Well, you can just go to radio.com. It's WBBM News Radio, and I am the sports anchor. So, I give two minute sports upcast a couple days a week and go there or CBSChicago.com. There we go. Do that. Jordan's great. So, listen to her and uh, check out all the good Chicago stuff that she is providing. Jordan, thank you so much. And we can follow you on Twitter also at Jordan DeArmond. So, do that. Keep up with all of her 19 dogs and everything <laughs> else that she's doing. Um, Jordan, keep up the great work and we will talk in soon. All right, Chase. Thanks so much. Now, is this, uh, is are we friends? Is this happening? Uh, well, I'm more concerned that we weren't friends, but oh, yeah, yeah, yeah we're, we're friends. Enemies. I didn't think it was like one or the other. <laughs> There's some gray area. There's some nuance here, Jordan. I think it was just more of like, huh, okay, I guess we're friends now. It's just been a, a decade. That's yeah. what happens. Yeah, that's what happens. Jordan, thank you so much. And I will talk to you soon. All right. Talk to you soon. And that'll do it for today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. I uh, just want to remind you guys, if you like today's episode and you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, I would really appreciate it if you could take a second, leave the show a five-star rating and a review. If uh, you're not an Apple Podcast listener, remember you can find the show on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Uh, be sure to check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com where you can access all of my previous episodes and also find all my writing. I'm writing there fairly often. And also follow me on Twitter at Chase underscore Thomas and like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Chase Thomas Writer. Uh, thank you for your support and we'll be back in another episode very soon. Thanks guys.